Welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by SilverScreenAndRoll.com. I'm Christian Rebus, joined by Jacob Rude. Uh, it's been a busy weekend for us, but not because of the Lakers. Um, and honestly, it, it even if we had spent the weekend watching uh, the Lakers as attentively as we usually do, it, it, it wouldn't have been a very good time. The Lakers are in the midst of a three-game losing streak, their most recent loss coming against the Dallas Mavericks. And with all due respect to Anthony Davis and Mookie Betts, um, there's nobody on the Lakers and Dodgers that can claim to be the best athlete in Los Angeles right now. That title belongs to Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Um <laughs> I, I never thought those words would ever come out of my mouth, but I'm, I'm glad they are. And uh, that that is why I'm in such a chipper mood, despite the Lakers three game losing streak. I actually I didn't do it yet. Uh, I, I need to go back and probably delete some tweets because <laughs> uh, at one point last season, I had a running tally of how many goals the Galaxy had scored. Uh without Chicharito versus with him. I was, yeah, I was pretty harsh on him. I have absolutely eaten my words. What a, what a fun, it's fun when, uh, when the galaxy are fun. Cause that was a brutal couple years. And uh, yeah, that Chicharito today, that hat trick. I, nobody expected this. Like it, it's hard to even like, it is wild. I, I I was trying to think of like whatever an NBA equivalent would be um, for the non-soccer fans out there. I'm sure at this point, though, if you're listening to this in the LA area, you have to have heard of Chicharito after <laughs> after his last two games. So it's I'm sure like, you have somewhat of an understanding. Imagine if Dwight Howard signed with the Lakers last year <laughs> and then returned to his all-star level. I think that is the oh, best comp uh, I can come with come up with it it would be some it would be something like that but it would all it would be more like imagine if the lakers signed him to a multi-year guaranteed deal and the first season he really struggled was hurt wasn't good looked like the dwight from like washington and charlotte and atlanta and then he comes out of the gate in year two and like the first (laughs) month and as like the Western Conference Player of the Month or something. That's what that's what we're dealing with right now. I'm uh, I'm hoping if we get a season two of the Andre Drummond experience, I hope his season two is is Chicharito season two because uh, I I know when it comes to the Andre Drummond debate in general, you lean more on the he'll be fine, he is fine. Um, I'm gonna be honest, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not in that camp. Uh I think he's been been pretty bad and um but my th- my thinking though and and I've talked about this with a few people on the podcast network most notably Anthony and and every time I agree with Anthony on something I get a little worried. Um <laughs> but I think the reason I'm not like 
why is he playing, uh, you know, get Marcus all on the floor is because I think when LeBron and AD get back, it's like, it, it really isn't going to matter who's on the floor with them starting at center. They're just so good. Um, but in the meantime, I, I do find his, his play a little concerning. Um, Pete at Laker film room had a great thread that I encourage you all to look at when it comes to Andre Drummond's perimeter defense and how he fits in the Lakers scheme. Um, I thought it was really informative and, and kind of changed my thinking on things a bit. However, <laughs> I think a lot of the concerns I had with him going in and a lot of the concerns the Pistons Cavaliers fans had about him are showing with the Lakers. And uh, I don't know. I, I just want to get, get your thoughts on, on what you've seen from Andre Drummond. Uh, I've really only been able to kind of sparingly watch him. These it seems like the the Mavericks games were not were not great outings for him. Um, and I could only really sparingly watch those because uh, the Pelicans insist on trying to desperately play themselves out of the play-in race. <laughs> Nobody wants that ten seed right now. Um, so I, I I was watching those games, but. I tweeted this after the game on the day I, whenever they last played Saturday Um, after the second Mavericks game, I should just say it's, it's kind of, I don't know, odd, fascinating, weird that every game kind of feels like a referendum on, uh, Drummond, either good or bad. Um, I still, I largely don't care about how he's playing right now mm-hmm. because he's just going to play such a vastly different role when LeBron and AD came or come back, which is kind of what you mentioned. Um, there, I mean, that's not to say there aren't concerns. There are. They're largely the concerns I had coming in. Um, He can really punish smaller teams like we saw him do against Brooklyn. Um, He can really struggle against bigger teams. Um, And depending on the scheme, he he will struggle. uh, Or depending on the opponent and what their scheme is, he may struggle. It also ultimately comes down to the fact that uh, it's something I've said a couple times. I still think Vogel uses the regular season as just a way to get a big sample size on things. And ultimately, when it comes down to it, come playoff time, he will make the adjustments that need to be made. So as bad as Drummond may or may not look – as much as Gasol may or may not play, I still trust that. I mean, this team I thought were excellent scheme-wise to every series in the playoffs last year. I still trust them to figure out a scheme when it comes down to it that um, will put the team in the best position to win. I think depending on the opponent, sometimes that may include Drummond, sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll include Gasol. Basically, I give him all the benefit of the doubt, him being Vogel, 
So I guess that's just kind of a long-winded way of saying I'm still not worried. I'm there's there are concerns. I'm I don't want it to be like everything's fine and rosy. There are concerns, but I still just can't put a lot of stock into this when I mean AD is barely working his way back. LeBron hopefully will be back, but it's such a different the team plays so differently without those guys that it's hard to really make kind of big sweeping judgments on how he he's playing now when it's going to be so different in hopefully a week. Yeah, I think there's there's a few reasons that can be pointed to when uh like discussing the Andre Drummond discourse. I think the first one has to be the fact that he's a buyout guy and just by nature people want buyout guys to get it together right away because they kind of have to. Uh, it's something Anthony Davis and Andre Drummond have talked about saying like, listen, does it doesn't matter how much, uh, you know, we're not making excuses for ourselves. We need to get it together before the postseason because it starts next month. Um, but I think the larger issue or, or point that can be made is the fact that Andre Drummond was promised a starting job uh, and replaced a perfectly serviceable starting center in the Lakers rotation. So, Ideally, if you're playing him over Marcus All, um, he's going to be better than Marcus All. Time will tell if that ends up being true, but right now it's just not. And again, you can chalk that up to a lack of experience with the guys and, um, you know, just the type of player he is compared to Anthony Davis. But uh, I was actually having a conversation with our, our good friend Sheen Lee the other day, um, like discussing this point. And I, I think the, the, point he made that made me change my thinking a bit is it's not exactly Andre Drummond's fault that he's starting and playing 30 minutes per game. Like it, it is the coach in the front office that, that told him like, Hey, you're going to come in as a buyout guy and be a difference maker for us at the center position. Cause that's a position we saw a big hole in. Uh, I felt differently going into the buyout market. I thought a, lob threat at the center position was more of a luxury and not a necessity. Uh, the Lakers obviously felt a different way because again, this is a guy that they came in and said, Hey, you're going to get the starting job. You're going to play 30 minutes per game, which, you know, none of the Lakers centers did before uh, Andre Drummond's arrival. So um, it, it's tough. He is in a tough position. Um, not, not just in terms of, you know, coming in and, and trying to make a difference for the team. That's obviously the toughest part, but also living up to those expectations. And uh, while I think, think those expectations are a little unfair, I think given the pedestal he's put himself on since coming to the Lakers, uh, he had a really funny quote uh, the other day that, that was along the lines of um, one of the good things about playing with Anthony Davis is when he's drawing all that attention on the defensive end, when guys are boxing him out, you're leaving the best rebounder in the NBA wide open. It's like, oh, you mean you mean you? Okay, which he's right. I was gonna say, I mean, it's it's arrogant, it's cocky, it's also probably true. <laughs> Correct. Like, he probably is the best rebounder in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I think one of the points you mentioned, probably the reason he's gotten so much scrutiny is the person he displaced mm -hmm. Mark Gasol. Everybody loves him. 
Everybody was super excited when he came here for all the obvious reasons. So I, I, I'll give that one. I mean, that's fair. Um, I mean, I also – there's no chance he's playing 30 minutes a game in the playoffs. So yeah. um, I'm not too worried about that. They need him to right now. But I'll be interested to see – when LeBron gets back, um, how much he plays with them, basically. Because to a certain degree, he's going to have to learn how to play off those guys. And more or less, Mark Gasol's kind of figured it out. It can always improve. This is just going to be such a – there's so much they really need to do in like the final two and a half weeks of the regular season that – there's ultimately no way they they get it all done and this is going to have to be a thing that they're going to hopefully carry over into the postseason for a couple rounds just building this chemistry because turns out not having your two best players for a month right in the middle back into the season really really leads to some complications i and i'm with you when it comes to frank vogel i think he when the postseason rolls around i think he'll make the decisions that have to be made he showed it with javel mcgee and dwight howard last season uh and i i think in drummond's case if if you're vogel uh your logic is more or less well you're not going to be back with us next season anyway you're here to help us win uh and if you're really if, if by that if by that point you're not thinking like team over me and my next payday in the postseason you probably don't be deserve deserve to be getting minutes anyway so uh i agree i'm hoping that's the case it should also be noted more often than not buyout guys don't really have an impact yeah you want them to have an impact uh you'd sign them to have an impact but markeith morris is the exception not the rule yeah um there, there is a very, I won't say a very short list. There is a short list of guys who come in and make an impact as big as what Keith did. So, and th- I, that's not certainly saying we should like settle for anything or expect him not to contribute, but like there's precedent here. So I don't, I don't know. It, it's going to be a really interesting upcoming couple weeks to see how this team, how quickly they can gel together and what kind of form they take over these next couple of weeks. Before we take a break and uh, get into our interview with Robert Ori, um, I forgot to tease that at the top of the show. But I was going to say, you, you buried the lead if, on that if, one. If you uh, if you clicked on this podcast, it, it's, it's going to be in the title. Um, I There are two people we need to talk about. One is Vogel, uh, who the Lakers according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, uh, are going to be discussing a contract extension with this summer. That He will be the first Lakers head coach to receive a contract extension from the Lakers since 2007 when Phil Jackson was the head coach. Not bad company for Frank Vogel to be in. What a, I didn't even think about that until you started saying that. What a, what a fascinating stat. stat. I'm interested to see i mean obviously he deserves it and we it's been discussed before we fell backwards into him he's been terrific i guess how many years would you want the extension to be for 
I I think I'd give him like two, three years. Um, just because oh, I'm I'm way more sold on him. I was thinking like no, four or five. It's not even me being sold on him. Well, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Lakers probably not feeling comfortable giving a long term contract uh, to a coach beyond when their core will be in place. Oh, okay, that's fair. I can I understand think that argument. AD's contract expires in like 2025, so. Um, his contract runs through 2021, 2022. So two or three years after that, you, you have like an idea of, okay, is this going to be the coach to lead us into our next golden generation? Are we still going to be competitive or, you know, are we going to be in a position where we're, we're going to be a rebuilding team, uh, with a different type of star that may be Frank Vogel's, you know, acumen doesn't exactly fit. Anthony Davis is a perfect big for him, and LeBron, like he's just, he's just a perfect coach for uh, a two-star team, which I didn't expect going in. I was very high on Frank Vogel uh, before all of this. Um, I think even <laughs> uh, when it was announced that Tyron Lue was had the talks had fallen apart. My first message in the Slack was, "Hey, what's Frank Vogel up to these days?" And then, like two <laughs> days later. Uh, Frank Vogel's name popped up. I think I, I feel like we've discussed this before. That I don't know if that was the ultimate low point, but that was one of the lowest oh. lower points of the rebuilding. Uh, <laughs> that the rebuilding whole, years. that whole summer, like from yeah. from when Magic resigned to Frank Vogel being hired, it was just a dumpster fire. Like, yeah, the worst. Yeah, and then. Yeah, I mean we don't we we don't have to rehash everything, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a contract as long as AD's current or whenever AD can opt out or whenever that expires. I can't mm-hmm. remember the specifics, but I could also see there being some type of option placed on the end of it. I think I think he's the type of guy you build a culture around. Um which is wild to say, considering, again, this is a guy who, I don't want to say flamed out in Orlando, but it didn't work in Orlando. Everything about from front office through the coaching staff is just so in sync right now that I am wholly on board with keeping this, that kind of group of the front office and coaching staff together, honestly, as long as they can stay together. Yeah, I'm fully with you there. I think Frank uh, is a is, he's a good coach. Um, has had like a top three defense and some crazy stat. It's like five of the seven seasons he's been a head coach. He's had a top three defense. At that point, it's not a coincidence. <laughs> it's it's you. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we are having a discussion. He is either one or two in terms of the best defensive coaches in the league with Thibodeau. Um. Which I didn't really expect. I knew he coached good defenses. I mean, in our de- in our defense, what we had most recently had to go off of was a mess in Orlando. But it turns out that had more to do with the Magic being a horribly run franchise than Frank Vogel. Who could have guessed? The last guy we have to talk about is a guy named LeBron James. Hasn't played for the Lakers in a little bit, but he's pretty good. Um, I heard of him. Latest report is he could be back 
as soon as next week. Um, I fully expect him to be cleared for basketball activities when the Lakers come back from this little road trip they're about to go on with uh, stops in Orlando and Washington. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see his comeback game be against the Clippers, which be a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, he's had success before returning for the Lakers against the Clippers. Although he said he was switching on playoff mode when he did that. And uh, that blew up spectacularly, but um, yeah, if he comes back for that Clippers game, that'll give him, I mean, it's only going to be like a week and a half and then it's the playoffs. So it's going to get, it's going to get really interesting here. I, the timeline you gave is probably something along those lines. They play, uh, they play the Clippers that night and then the next night in Portland. Um, and that's after two days rest or two days off. So yeah, I would, I would tentatively circle May 6th as the day he makes his return. And then we have, I'm trying to do four, five, six, seven games left in the regular season for us to get everything right. And that's, I think, uh, more than anything, the reason I kind of hope the Lakers stay where they are in the standings. If not, move up a spot. I think it's a little too late for the latter. Um, But the idea, at least in my brain, which works in mysterious ways often, is um, LeBron James comes back. He only has a week, a week and a half to ramp up. Uh, Obviously, in an ideal world, you don't use the postseason as an opportunity to ramp up. You're already ramped up by then. Um, But if you have to, if you're in LeBron James' position, uh, not just in, in terms of getting healthy, but like, understanding how to play with all of your new teammates uh a series against the hobbled nuggets it would it would be a lot easier for lebron james to take it easy as opposed to you know if they fall to that sixth seed they're almost guaranteed to play one of the jazz clippers or Suns. it's also an interesting counter argument this is this will be my last point i promise i won't keep you away from robert ori any longer uh there's also kind of an interesting counter argument of the fact that the lakers two stars just spent a month uh ad was close to two months um just i don't want to say resting but not playing through a grueling schedule Mm -hmm. um and they're going to be able to to go into the playoffs fresher than everyone else. Um, I mean, it's making some assumptions that they – I don't know how much it will matter in the first round, but the deeper you go in the playoffs, the more fresh those guys are going to be when you're typically coming up against teams that are just beaten down. Like think back to Jimmy in those finals mm-hmm. where he's – he looked like he could barely walk after games. Um, so just an interesting counterpoint. Hopefully that's something that works in our favor. But, uh, boy, this is going to be a really interesting close to the season. I, I don't think the playing game is going to be – I still I think we talked about that last week. Not going to be that much of a worry, but it's going to be really interesting to see how these uh, 
these final few weeks shake out if they're able to move up like you said i don't think they will be able to and um how this all sets itself up i've said it before but i'll say it again i hope to god we are in the timeline where the warriors steal the eighth seed and then beat the jazz in the first round i hope that's the timeline we're in because it's the best timeline in my opinion but also if that's if this is the best timeline just like generally speaking in terms of like the world i i would not like to see the <laughs> timeline uh but in terms of basketball that would be pretty fun i yeah i want Steph in the playoffs this version of Steph is he's so good must watch tv right now <laughs> Uh, well, that's going to do it for me and Jacob. When we come back from the break, I will be talking to Robert Ori about a, a, a lot of things. Uh, and so, uh, for that, I guess, Jacob, say your goodbyes. Peace. <laughs> uh, thanks for inviting me to talk to Robert Ori. I, I really enjoyed it. Maybe next time we get Robert Ori on the podcast, I can join. I mean, he said, uh, he ended our interview saying, I, so I have this like, plush little lebron james and it was in the background he said hey next time we do this make sure it's a it's a plush of me in in the background and i said all right i'm going to buy a plush of robert ori and (laughs) quickly become his favorite co-host on this podcast all right uh we'll take a break and we'll be right back and we're back with a special guest seven-time nba champion robert ori otherwise known as big shot rob and i i don't know if you know this but in China, you have a nickname that directly translates to Mr. Crucial. I, I, I like Big Shot Rob, but as far as like nicknames go, Mr. Crucial isn't bad either. But you know, I, I, no, it's funny that you say that. I had I, um, the, someone also told me I had a name that equated to the lucky one. Yeah. So it might be the same. <laughs> I don't know how it translates, but yeah, because the NBA sends me to China a lot. And so, yeah, I was because what happened was I went to this dealership uh, when I was in China and the dealership usually sells like maybe three cars every like six months. That day they sold like eight cars. So they was like, oh, he has to come back, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, and I say this, I'm not trying to do that because, you know, the superstitions in there, you know, superstitions. They can be sometimes they're like, I, I, they call me the lucky one. So they've always wanted me to come back to China. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny when you go on like basketball reference, they have the wildest nicknames for people. Yeah. Like, I think you have a nickname, uh, the key man on there, which, you know, all, all well-deserved Mr. Crucial, the key man, a- any clutch superlative you can give, you deserve. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're here to talk about before we get into anything else we're here to talk about the partnership that lakers have with pepsi about a fan anthem uh that they are working on can you give us a little more information on about that and why they they thought it was a good time to do that now you know lakers and pepsi have teamed up to create a new anthem a new anthem for the la lakers and what we're going to do is we're going to go hashtag lakers family when you hit that hashtag lakers family you submit a video of you your friends or whatever, showing your Lakers spirit, doing whatever. And you could be a part of the anthem. So you could be cemented on the next Lakers anthem for a while, you know, until I come up with my own track and I make my own Lakers anthem, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but no, but seriously, you, you, you think about this, you, your fans, your family, your friends, you just come up with a, 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 
uh, anthem, uh, uh, showing your Lakers spirit, and you go hashtag Lakers family, you submit it, you never know. You might be on the next Lakers anthem, you know, a collab with Lakers and Pepsi. You can't get two, two better brands than that, right? Oh, no. It, I'd be hard-pressed, <laughs> too. Uh, did, did the Lakers have an anthem when you were playing? It, it doesn't need to be an actual fan anthem that they chanted. Uh, maybe just a song that when you hear it, it brings you back to those three-peat days. Well, you know, it's always, we love it, we love it. You know, that song, I don't even know the name of it, but that was the song, they all, we love L.A. You know, that song was it. But, uh, you know, for me, it's just seeing, the, you know, the Staples Center, man, for me. You know, even though I missed the form and I grew up a big Lakers fan, but even when I walk about, I just drive by the Staples Center when I'm coming from Spectrum, heading home. I look over there and it's, it just makes me smile because there was a lot of great memories made in that building, a lot of great moments for fans, for myself. And, for, you know, it just makes you smile because it was just, you know, good times. Could, could you how did you feel seeing the Lakers go through that championship run without any fans in the building? Like, I'm sure was, those yeah. those memories would still be good, but they wouldn't be the same yeah. without those fans at Staples Center. Man, it, you know, for me. It was just so weird. I was happy for the guys. I was happy for guys like AD um, and and LeBron and, and 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 so. But you know, and then you look at guys like KCP, who's take KCP who's taking a lot of flack from people, and Kyle Kuzma, one who's been in and out of trade talks, and for those guys to to step up and get the championship, and and for Danny Green to go from championship team to another championship team to another championship team. I tell us, congratulations for following in my footsteps, little guy. So, you know, and, <laughs> and him and LeBron. So it was just weird to not be able to be on the floor or to be able to, you know, dap somebody up you did not know. Think about it. When you win a championship, you usually dap somebody up or hug someone. You don't even know because you're just so excited. Yeah. And because of COVID and because of the things, you know, that's going on in this world, you know, that wasn't had, but it was still a great moment to celebrate with your family as you watch it on TV. It's been 20 years since you won your first back-to-back championship with the Lakers. Obviously, you went back-to-back with Houston before. The, the Lakers have their own challenges that they're dealing with, like with COVID, as you mentioned, and, and playing without fans. Uh, what to you was the biggest challenge in repeating all those years ago, like whether it's mental or physical? I think it's health, man. You know, when it comes to sport, it boils down to health and a lot of luck, you know, because think about it. If that, when luck, luck can be applied two different ways. If, you know, if that guy doesn't try to go for the ball, LeBron ankle doesn't get rolled up on, you know, he, he, and so he's lucky that it can be, it could have been worse. He could have fell on it, you know, because that happened to me. It was a, a strainer, a, 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 a MCL. So you have to have a little luck in this, this rollerball. You have to have a lot of health. If you look at the championships that we won, we never we we didn't have any health issues. You know, had Kobe turn an ankle ankle during the finals. We had um, some guys have sprained ankles or missed one or two games. But if you look back, it wasn't guys who missed like ten or twelve games. Thinking AD has missed what two months of basketball, yeah. and that's just something that didn't happen with us when we was with the Lakers. And then, so if you go to the year where we trying to forepeat. You know, Shaq misses the beginning of the season because of his toe. Um, there's a lot of other little minor energy, injuries that happen. So it, it boils down to health and, and having a lot of luck that can be on your side. You know, everybody, you know, basketball players always want to say, no, it's all my skill set, but a little <laughs> luck is involved with some things. 
How do you feel about uh, the Lakers' luck this year, Mr. Lucky? <laughs> the lucky one says the Lakers luck haven't been too good you know it's just because you think about it AD was playing he was just starting to play really well he got you know had a bad calf and then you had you know think about it most guys nowadays don't dive on the floor for balls unless it's uh, you know it's far out you know that was a situation where a guy goes for a ball and rolls up a LeBron's ankle um, and then you're lucky if you, if you just go to the gas station to the store, you come back with COVID, you know what I mean? So right. it's, it's some unlucky stuff of that nature, but it's, you gotta be very, very sharp. And you gotta have a lot of luck in every area, especially in this day and age. And, and with, you know, the civil unrest to COVID-19 to, you know, the, 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 the social distancing you have to do in the league rules, the guys got a lot on their plate, man. It, and even with all that being said, how, how confident are you that these guys are going to be able to get it done? Uh, do, do you think they have enough – LeBron and AD are going to have enough time to ramp up and get acclimated with, with Andre? I, I think so uh, because the thing about that with Andre is it's not like they haven't played with someone like that before. They just left Dwight Howard. They just left with um, Mr. McGee. Um, so you've had, you've had guys of that nature. And even though Trez is not as tall – as Andre, he still does some of the similar things. So they have that 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 combination, that rapport they can work with and work off of. So I think they'll be fine with the addition. Plus, when you play with guys like, you know, LeBron, who's played with every type of player he's you ever could think of, and you look at AD, AD has played with bigs too. You know, he used to play with Boogie Cousins. So it'd be just, you know, sliding into a slot, making that cog and that machine work just fine. I mean, if, if there's anybody that knows anything about playing with a dynamic duo and, and you know, what that's <laughs> like, it is, uh, it is Robert Ori, the lucky one. Uh, <laughs> thank you for, uh, thank you for joining us, Rob. It was a pleasure. And, uh, you're always welcome back. Uh, uh, thank you, man. And make sure next time I talk to you next to LeBron better be one of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I'll right. see you, pal. All right. Bye.